as a Foursquare church, as Pastor mentioned, 25 years. I kind of had an overlapping. I was what's called bivocational, uh, full-time firefighter for 28 years and pastored 25 years, and some of that dovetailed and kind of ran together. I was blessed in 2009 when I retired from the fire service. I could have one full-time job instead of two, and that was a blessing for sure. And, um, you know, prayer is the emphasis. It's what I've been asked to share on today. And I have to tell you that when I began pastoring, when we began pastoring, two things happened. One, my prayer life increased, although I was a prayer. My prayer life increased. I, I really needed the Lord at that juncture. We both did. And then the other thing that happened during the journey was I got so busy, I forgot to pray as much as I should have. And that happens sometimes too. But uh, I do want to proceed ahead. We do have um, three daughters and uh, two granddaughters and a wonderful son-in-law. And uh, we love being here. And I, I, I'd be amiss if I didn't say, Mary and I feel well covered here at Klamath Christian Center. I have to say this, that uh, the way things have been managed in the last year by Pastor Scott and Cheryl and the leadership here, it, with the challenges, I have to tell you from a pastoral perspective, it would not be an easy thing to do. And it's been managed very well, very smoothly with great competence, and uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to do church, period, let alone when you get some of these other balls in the air. So I really want to recognize that. We feel well covered practically and spiritually, and we love being here. And we've, we've been well received and warmly received, and so thank you for that. We're, we're feeling the love, for sure. Let me share a few things. Um, interesting, the title this morning should read, Where Do You Live?, and uh, it's about prayer. There's two areas that we'll look at in Scripture. It'll be John 15 and Psalm 91. And uh, where do you live? It's a good question. And I'm, of course, we all have our physical addresses, but we have a spiritual address too. Let's talk about where we live. I've often said that my salvation experience was the result of moving from conceptual to relational. And relationship is what we're talking about this morning for sure. I understood Christmas, I understood Easter, those ideas were concept to me. But when I moved from conceptual to relational, that was my born again experience. This is when my walk with the Lord really began and Jesus became my personal Lord and Savior. And the emphasis was on relationship. So as we talk about prayer this morning, I'm gonna use the word relationship and relation a lot. My friends from my BC days have occasionally said, oh, Kelly, he's my religious friend. And, and I'd say, no, I'm not religious. Religious in the Bible are the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the could-not-sees. I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. I was once blind, but now I see. And so relationship, that's what we're talking about as it relates to prayer especially. Uh, as we read through the following verses, see how relationship is emphasized I'm reading this morning from John 15, the first six verses. Let me go ahead and read there. Jesus said, I love it when Jesus is speaking. It gains our attention. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. We'll look at a few more verses in, in John 15. But as Pastor Scott recently pointed out, and I thought it was well put, we need to avoid the tendency to present our list to the Lord and hit send. You know, and that, we can fall into that in, our, in the midst of being busy and those sorts of things. But what I heard in that was, if it becomes mechanical, if it becomes routine, uh, we're missing what the Lord, I think, is really looking for. I believe, rather, times of expressed gratitude. Um, Colossians 4.2 says it very interesting. I don't have it for the PowerPoint, but I'll read it here. Colossians 4.2 says, Don't be weary in prayer. Keep at it. Watch for God's answers. And remember to be thankful when they come. What a great word. I've always loved that. That's from the 1971 version of the Living Bible. So if you have Colossians 4.2, it might read a little bit differently. I want to read it again. I want to emphasize that. Don't be weary in prayer. Keep at it. Watch for God's answers. And remember to be thankful when they come. I have to say, being thankful to me really is relationship. Acknowledging the Lord really is a relationship with the Lord. That's far removed from handing our list and hitting send. I think we all could. I, I want to do better at acknowledging the Lord throughout my day no matter what I'm doing, and be able to recognize him. That, that develops the relationship. Think about our own relationships with people we have relationship with. When we talk to them, we say thank you for what you've done. We acknowledge them. We express our gratitude. So the Lord's looking for that too, in addition to just our prayer list. And um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And let, let me give an example here. And we know what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. We're familiar with it probably. You know, make your requests known unto God. Make our requests with thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. It goes on to give another promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. What a marvelous promise. But getting back to the, the part that says, make your requests with thanksgiving. When I was a fireman... We'd be inside of a, a house. We'd be putting out a house fire. Every once in a while from a garage or a, underneath the kitchen sink, you could hear um, canisters, like an oven cleaner, for instance, in a, in a can. You could hear it explode. And it, it wasn't exploding in necessarily great danger to where we were, but it was inside a cupboard. But you could, you'd recognize it. Boom. It was probably a pressurized canister or something. And the reason I go there is because probably 90% of inactive ingredients in a can is propellant. You know, the active ingredient sits on top of the propellant. And the thing I want to say is, our propellant, the thing we lay our prayer requests on, is thanksgiving. Perhaps 90% of what we can say to the Lord ought to be all kinds of things we can think about to say thank you for, and we lay our request on top. We propel our request heavenward with thanksgiving. Amen? And that's, that's what the word of the Lord tells us to do. And, and uh, we can proceed accordingly. And not just that, how about praising? How about singing? Um, this, is, this is kind of how it works. This is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, really. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, acknowledge him in everything you do, and he will, so we, and he will direct our paths, or he will straighten things out. So he encourages us to acknowledge him prayerfully and even throughout our day, just to re maintain our relationship. I believe that the times we're in right now, that 2021 and beyond, it's almost demanding that we are going to have to do business a little bit different than we have. 
that we have to, we need the Lord now more than any time. And developing these relationships is very apropos. It's, it's what the Lord is saying. The Spirit is saying to the churches, I believe, at this hour for sure. I was so blessed we launched out into prayer, uh, prayer emphasis. The Tuesdays, the Thursdays. Um, prayer with the devotions that are going on. It's the right thing. Jesus goes on to say, too, um, and we just read verses 1 through 6. I don't know if you caught it. Did you see how many times the word remain was in there? That it said remain. Now, some, some of your versions might say abide or live or dwell. But in those first maybe 10, 12 verses of John 15, you're reading remain. I mean, it's, it's really, if you see it there, it's something. Remain, abide, live, dwell. Remain is mentioned 10 or 11 times based on the version that you have of John 15. It's really emphasized. It's what Jesus was driving home here. And that we should make our dwelling place with him and in him. And Jesus goes on to say that we are his friends. That's the part I like about John 15. Then he talks about friendship and uh, promoting the idea of relationship. It certainly establishes his desire that we'd walk and talk with him, not simply mail off our prayer request. Now here's, a, here's something I really like too. John 15, 7. That's one of my favorite verses. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it will be done for you. And let me read the amplified version of that. I mean, that's, that's an interesting. Jesus, Jesus said, if you live in me and my word lives in you, ask what you will and it will be done for you. That's quite a promise in a few words. And so the amplified puts it this way. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. What a promise from the Lord. I've done a word study on the word done, and it will be done for you. The word done there in John 15, 7 means create, which I find fascinating. So the Lord is saying, pray about what it is that you're hoping to see realized, and I'll arrange those things and put them together, and it will become your reality. And even if those things aren't available to grab a hold of and situate, I have the ability as a creator to create it and make it happen in your life. What a marvelous promise. And it will be created. We have a creator. Some other points in the remainder of the text here in John 15. We see friends, the whole idea of relationship. You are my friends if you do what I command. And I want to say this. There is no 30, 60, or 90-day repayment plan. So repentance is part of it. If you are my friends, do what I command. Um, we read that very quickly. That's good for us to stop and, and pause and consider that we, we ought to do what the Lord commands. It's, he says, if you love me, you'll, you'll follow my commandments. And so I think by and large, most of us try to roll that way. We try to roll and do what the Lord says to do. But how many of us occasionally become aware by the Holy Spirit that there's something that's amiss that uh, the Lord wants us to, to bring back, make a mid-course correction? And so there, it's, like a, it's like when we're paying a bill, sometimes we're offered the option of paying over 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. But I want to say with the Lord, there is, no, there is no 30, 60, or 90 day plan. We need to be current with the Lord every day. Don't you agree? Every day. Let me, let me paint a picture of repentance versus forgiveness. It, it kind of goes like this. 
we were praying here on a Thursday. It was one of the first Thursday prayer meetings we had during the day at noon. And we had a group here, a dear group of people, some I had not met yet. And I loved seeing them and praying with them. And it was a great prayer session. One of the sisters during that prayer session, out loud while she was praying, because we, we were kind of presenting, um, you know, the Lord says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. And that theme was kind of emerging as we prayed. And, and she prayed right out loud and she said, I don't know the difference between forgiveness and repentance, but Lord, we want to do it. And I thought that was apropos or fitting. But the minute she said it, man, that hit me. And I thought, I do know the difference between repentance and forgiveness. And so briefly, in the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal who, who goes far away from his father and his brother and goes to a distant land and took his inheritance, his life, and chose to live his life the way that he wanted. He got out there, and we know how the story goes. There was famine. There was no favor. It says no one gave him anything. Everything he brought with him, he had spent. It was gone. He was experiencing not the favor or grace or provision of God, but because he was so far away, he was moving into the leanness. The le he was in a lean area. And it says he was feeding swine, pig slop, and it started looking good to him. He was so broken. Even that started looking. This wasn't God's plan for his life. He was broken. And then it says it dawned on him. And that's good news. No matter where we are, the Holy Spirit can still prompt us. And it dawned on him, I'm in a, a tough scenario. I'm in a tough spot. I, I need to not only ask for forgiveness, I need to go back to my father's house. I need to go back and confess. And the idea, and this, this idea communicates both to the unsaved who haven't come to the Lord yet and to even those of us who are in the Lord, they, it, it's fitting as it might apply to our situation. And so here he was, realizing his predicament, and he could have asked God, do you agree with me that he could have asked God for forgiveness right there where he lived, and God would have forgiven him? I believe that's true. But, but the thing that was different was he said, I'm not going to ask for forgiveness and remain in the neighborhood that's created such problems, remain in the atmosphere, stay in the place that keeps me stuck. He said, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. And it actually says he, he returned. He turned. Repentance means to turn your back on. Repentance means to put in a change of address. Repentance means change your zip code. There are things that we're doing as believers. We've come to the Lord. But even now there are things that the Lord says, look, by and large, we're running well together. But there might be a few issues in our life that I want you to put in a change of address and not visit that place anymore. Amen? And this is what the Lord wants as well. He wants us to be current with him. Go ahead, Pastor. The microphone is giving you a tough time. Okay. So I'm going to trade mics. You can do that one. Can we turn can this one off? Can you hear that crackling for some reason? That's Okay. Lord, I'd ask for forgiveness that I messed up the mic system. <laughs> and finally, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. That's relationship as well. Let me finish this first half or this first part with uh, a rule of thumb. We need a rule of thumb, I think. And so how about Acts? I believe it's up here. Acts is a good way to proceed as we pray. Adoration, confession, 
thanksgiving, and supplication. We've talked about those things here already, that we love the Lord, we sing to the Lord, we stay current with the Lord, we confess, we express thanksgiving, and then we make our, our requests known unto God. It's a great rule of thumb as we proceed on. And um, I do want to proceed on. I want to transition here a little bit. I'm going to put up Psalm 91. Um, my wife will come up. Uh, I'd like to ask Mary to come up if she'd be so kind. She's going to share in a moment. We are going to watch a clip in a second. And while she's coming up, I want to read this passage from Psalm 91. I want to say that we lived, when Mary and I went through this journey that we're about to talk about and look at, we lived in Psalm 91. And so the word says, He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And I want to say in March of 2003, over 17 years ago, Mary and I found ourselves in trouble. And we do have a DVD clip that begins to, it was a little uh, TV program that ran in a studio at our church. And this is about a two-minute clip. We'll look at that. And then Mary's going to share a little bit about this part of the journey as well. Let's look at that clip together. In March 2003, I was diagnosed with cancer. On my first visit to my oncologist, he shared with us that I had stage 2 Hodgkin's lymphoma. Hearing now that I had an oncologist was one of the most frightening things that I have ever experienced. I did six months worth of chemo in three months. And following the chemo, there was a month of radiation. Yes, I lost my hair. I was heavily medicated. I couldn't drive or work, and I was bedridden for the majority of the three months. The pain from the chemo at times seemed unbearable. The months dragged on. The feeling of that was being in an elevator and the cable snapping and falling and not knowing if I was going to stop. You're here at the Lighthouse today with Pastors Kelly and Mary Slater. And you've heard the very initial and beginning parts of a journey that we went on in the spring of 2003 that lasted a few months. And we equate to being on a scary roller coaster ride. We'll talk more about that. But this is, this is really what preceded the journey and the road that we were on. It's Psalm 50, verse 23. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me and prepares the way that I may show them the salvation of God, Psalm 50, 23. That's what happened. We lived for God. We'd been pastoring eight years for the Lord in ministry. And suddenly we had a diagnosis of something that was way beyond anything we expected that would suddenly come into our life. And God said, if you honor me and love me and thank me and keep your eyes on me and stay with me, you are preparing the way for me to show you my saving power in your life. And that's what happened. You know, after 17 years and you watch that, I, I still get a little choked up because um, it was something I never expected in life. And it was a shock. And um, so I just want to briefly um, share with you that um, for, the, for 
Oh gosh, probably a good year. I was not feeling good, and I, I don't know why. I couldn't, I didn't understand why I wasn't feeling good, but it got to the point um, that I, I, when I was working at the school and I would tell my coworkers, I, I mean, I felt so bad. I said, I wish that I could feel 100% to know how bad I feel. And um, I had a cough that I could not say a sentence without coughing, and it was just a dry, nagging cough, like a drip in the back of your throat. And um, so I was, and I also had this weird rash, so I was going to the doctor, and um, I said, I need something for this cough. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's... You know, it feels just like nasal drip. He goes, oh, you've got allergies. Well, that was, I knew I did not. So for six months, every two weeks, I was back at the doctor. And I said, something is wrong. Finally, after the six months, I said, something is wrong. Because I felt so bad. And um, I was so tired. So... He finally, you know, said, well, we're going to do these tests. So I had a chest x-ray, and then I had a CT scan. And after the CT scan, Kelly and I, we went home. Now, our daughters at the time, Sarah was in the fifth grade, Katie was in seventh grade, and Ashley was a senior. I didn't have time to be sick. I had kids. I had a husband who was working two jobs. And... Um, so we came home one day after the CT scan, and, and um, you know, we were, we were really concerned. We went over to the church and prayed, came home. The girls were home, and um, there was a message. We had gotten a, a phone call from some lady that we didn't know, so Kelly calls, and it was the doctor's office. We didn't know. We didn't even know who this was. So he calls, and... Um, they have this conversation. I'm standing there and I'm, I'm watching this and listening. And Kelly asks an important question. He says, what is doctor's, Dr. Anderson's specialty? And Kelly said, oh, hangs up the phone and says, I don't like the sound of this. And I said, what is his specialty? And he said, oncology. And right then, I grabbed my face, I turned around, and I felt like I was in an elevator, and I was plummeting to the ground because the cables broke. So there, our journey began. And uh, the chemo, it was um, one of the hardest things I went through because I, uh, I did six months worth in three months, and it was called the Stanford Five. And um, the first week that I was doing the chemo, um, I was out, I'd be out on the couch, and I just couldn't get comfortable. comfortable. But what I would do is I would um, lay on the couch, and I would lean against the back with my legs out. And I was sitting there one day, and I thought, oh, I'm resting against the chest of Jesus. And then it got to the point I just needed to be in bed. I, I just had to just stay in bed because 
um, I just had no energy. I didn't feel good. At, I mean, just the chemo just basically kicked my butt. And, um, but I, there was one night, there was someone that had sent me a message on the computer, and they sent me a picture. And it was a picture of Jesus holding a lamb. And that day, I had told Kelly, I said, I feel like when I lean up here, I'm just resting on the chest of Jesus, and he's holding me close. I get this picture, and I said, oh, my goodness, that's what I was feeling. The very next day, I get this picture. It's a 16 by 20 of Jesus holding a lamb. For the next three months, I'm getting all these confirmations that Jesus is telling me, I'm holding you. Rest in me. Because I would get pictures and bulletins and bookmarks of Jesus holding a lamb. I knew that he had me. I was right there with him, and he was right there with me. But one of the things that uh, was really interesting is that we had a, um, a couple come over to our house to pray over me. And um, so I was sharing with them, and the husband says to me, wow, I could see why you'd be really mad at God. I said, what? I'm not mad at God. And I just, I never understood that. I could not comprehend that because my thinking was, how could I be mad at the very one who I knew could heal me? I was not angry with him. It happened. Okay, Lord, take care of me. So, one of the things that, um, that happened during this time is that um, I became desperate. I was very desperate because I needed a healing. And I was to the point of, I don't care. I've got to get through this chemo. It's really just, it's just not doing, it's really causing me problems just in my strength. And, and actually, it was very painful. Um, I was on pain meds because the pain in my body was so great that I, I would wake up in the middle of the night in tears because my arms and my body was in so much pain. And, um, and I was desperate. I became so desperate. It's like, Lord, you've got to do something. I need you to do something for me. So when I was talking to someone, um, a gentleman, a pastor friend, and he said, um, read Psalm 91. And then he gave me some instructions. And I have to say that Psalm 91 saved my life. It is the most precious psalm to me because I knew Jesus was speaking to me, and he was speaking to me personally. And there was, there's three verses that I had to um, make some changes to, to make it my own. And this is what, this is what Psalm 91, verses 14 through 16, say in my Bible. 
Because Mary loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue Mary. I will protect Mary, for Mary acknowledges my name. Mary will call upon me, and I will answer Mary. I will be with Mary in trouble. I will deliver Mary and honor Mary. With long life will I satisfy Mary and show Mary my salvation. I had to live there, and I had to hold on to that promise because I knew my God is faithful. And I knew if I hung on to that and believed his word, he was going to do something wonderful for me. And yes, I got through that chemo, and um, then I had another situation that I'm going to let Kelly uh, describe. So um, that's my part of the story, and um, I love him, and he is faithful. And there, I know that there's, there's some that um, can say, but that's not what happened to my spouse or my child or a family member, and I don't know why that happens. I don't, but I know that there's comfort in Jesus, and I know that there is peace in Jesus. So remain in Jesus. And so I think uh, what I have here is a, a picture of a roller coaster. I'd like to see that because that's how we felt. And Mary talked about an elevator. Um, when we got this diagnosis and they began scheduling a whole regimen of treatment, um, I, I really felt like there was some entity that had held up the bar to a roller coaster cart and instructed Mary and I to get in, and not getting in wasn't an option. And we didn't want to get in, obviously. But got in the bar went down and we went on a journey that was like a roller coaster ride and uh, this is this is what it felt like when we got this diagnosis and i'd say with some of the twists and turns you know we were hanging on and we were yelling jesus we were calling out on jesus and um and so as we continue you know terms like biopsy scans chemo uh check and re they definitely were not what we wanted they weren't familiar and nonetheless and this is what happens. Nonetheless, one of life's suddenlies just happened. It was a suddenly. And uh, I recall after one of Mary's early chemo treatments, we came home. She was tired. Her hair was falling out. Her breathing was somewhat labored. Not only was Mary having trouble, but so was I as I watched it. A lady friend of ours with, was with us who had been supporting us. She had gone to treatment, and she was in our family room. And so I went downstairs in the garage. Mary was with a friend, and I stepped down into a garage we had, and I started walking around the garage, and I said, Lord, I need a word from you. I just, from in here, I just said, Lord, I need a word, and I didn't stop saying I needed a word. I said, I need a word from you. I need to hear from you. And maybe two minutes into that, I had like an arrow that shot across my mind, Psalm 20, Pew! just shot right across my mind. And I had a, a, a Bible that an older lady in our church had given me. And it was a big Bible. She, she was 93 years old. 
Uh, she had difficulty seeing. That was the Bible she carried. I made the mistake one day of telling her, wow, Willetta, that's a preaching Bible. And the next week, she gave me another phone book-sized Bible for me. And so I had it on my workbench, and I, asked, and I got Psalm 20. I walked over to that big Bible. I flipped it open. And I, I, was, I wasn't familiar with Psalm 20, really, but Psalm 20 we have up here. And uh, I'd like to see Psalm 20 if we have it. I don't know if we have it up here, but Psalm 20, if we don't, I'll look it up. Okay, let's look at Psalm 20. Bear with me. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your request. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought up to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O Lord, save the king, answer us when we call. So Psalm 20 very clearly spoke to me, and I knew I'd heard a word from the Lord. When I read that, I said, that's beyond coincidence, Lord. You just spoke to me. I'm going to park on that as well. Prayer is definitely how we rolled. I prayed. Our church prayed. Rincon Valley Christian School, where my daughters went and my wife worked, they prayed. Um, area churches were praying. And I used a prayer line often. I don't know how many of you might use a prayer line, but, you know, at, at 11 o'clock at night or in the middle of a day or now that we have a cell phone too, you can, you can also go to a prayer line, 24-7 prayer line. So we were praying a lot. There was, we were bathed in prayer. And again, we, as Mary said, we lived in Psalm 91. The, the title of today's message is, Where Do You Live? So there's much to cover in Psalm 91. It's a teaching in and of itself. We won't do that today. But three or four verses are key here today. Psalm 91, 1 through 3. I'll read it. I believe we have it. But Psalm 91 says, He who dwells, there it is, where do you live? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Psalm 91.9 is a powerful word. And again, if you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. And then 91.14 says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. And I like that word because. It's, it shows us, it's instructing us how the word will operate, how God's promises will be realized. Because, I think, means as a consequence, as a result of. Loving God. God says, I will. There's no might. There's no asterisk. There's no maybe. I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. We've already talked a bit about acknowledging and thanking. So our girls ask us during this journey, our three daughters, a little bit, why did this happen and what do we do? And one thing, one way I responded to my girls was this. 
I said, we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep believing. And I said, in addition to that, it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us all in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received. I simply said to my girls, there's going to be opportunities as we move down the road from this where you're going to be able to talk to kids who one of their parents is going through an illness. And I said, I'm going to be able to talk to the spouse of someone that's going through an illness. And your mom's going to be able to talk to a patient who's going through an illness. God is going to work it together for good. After treatment and scan, uh, after everything Mary described, the whole regiment, one day we got a phone call from the oncologist, Dr. Anderson. And uh, he called, and Mary and I spoke on two extensions in our home. I was in a bedroom phone. She was in a kitchen phone talking to the doctor. And he said what you want to hear. He said, the areas we've been treating in your neck and in your chest, Mary, they've resolved. And resolved is the word you want to hear. And we were blessed by it. And then he said something you don't want to hear him say. However, however, we found this in the scan. And then he started using terms I knew as an EMT. He said, posterior, bilateral, plural spaces, nine millimeters. And he was talking about in the plural spaces of Mary's lung, both lungs, each side, nine millimeters respectively, there was some additional malignancy that had come up on a scan that we'd never knew of. It newly developed. And he said, we have to get a scan and, and figure out how to treat that. So as much as we wanted to celebrate this being resolved, there was something else that was on, upon us now. So the following Sunday, the next Sunday at church, I approached, before church started, I approached a couple of elders. I approached my associate pastor, an elder, and asked the elder to bring his mother, who was in her 90s. And I said, I'd like the three of you to pick out a select a scripture, a living word, bring it to the prayer room after church, our nursery after church, and let's pray. We'll anoint Mary with oil and pray for her. And then we did that. We, after service, we did that. And we had prayed before. And we did this. We went in there and uh, shared those words. And after that, the doctor said, okay, Monday, which was, this was Sunday, so the following day, Monday, we went to a, a local hospital for a CT scan because they wanted to know how to approach this new development. And, um, you know, you remember important dates because she was scanned on Monday, and then waiting is so hard in these things. We'll, we'll let you know Friday. The results will be sent electronically to the oncologist, and he'll let you know Friday. Well, Friday came. Friday is, you remember important dates, July 1st, 2003. July 1st has become an important day for Mary and I as we look back now. And every July 1st, we, we recollect. So the doctor called. I answered the phone in our home. I was the only one home. Hello. Hi, Kelly. Dr. Anderson is Mary there. No, doctor, she's not. Well, I have the results of that most recent scan I'd like to tell you. And I said, yes, doctor. And he said, well, not only is Mary resolved in these areas, but I have to ask you a question. What did you do? And I said to the doctor, I said, I don't understand. He says, well, not only is Mary resolved here, but those plural spaces are all clear. And I have to ask you again, what did you do? And I said, well, doctor, all I can tell you is this. God gets thanks for this one. He said, well, Mary's clear everywhere. I thought you'd want to know. And I said, thank you very much. And I hung up the phone and I walked out to the middle of our family room and I fell down into a circular carpet we had in that family room and I cried pretty hard because we'd been in a war and I cried very hard and I I got up 
And I thought, I need to call Mary. I need to give her a call. She was actually feeling good enough at that point to work in a fireworks booth fundraiser for the Christian school where our girls went. And I thought, I'm going to call her on her phone. And I got a prompt right after that and said, call her. Get in your car. Drive over there and tell her face to face. So I got in my truck and I drove across town. But I had difficulty driving because I had to keep wiping the tears away. And when I got there, I walked up to that firework booth and I called her out and I said, Honey, Dr. Anderson called. Not only you resolved where he told us in the last phone call, you're all clear in your plural spaces. He doesn't know what to make of it, but we do. God touched you. And we were blessed by that, obviously. Yeah, can we thank God? <laughs> Hallelujah. I will always say yes to the opportunity to point to God and thank Him for how he so wonderfully showed up and showed himself strong on our behalf. So, I'll finish with Psalm 91, 15 and 16. Psalm 91, 15 and 16 says, as Mary shared earlier, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The question as we conclude is this, where do we live? Where do we abide, dwell, and remain? I like Acts 17, 28. It says this, In Jesus we live and move and have our being. I think that's the watchword for 2021 for us. In Jesus we live and we move and we have our being. Amen? I believe that's the word of the Lord for us. I'd like to ask the worship team if they'd come up, and I'd like to uh, conclude that in a short prayer here. So if you'd join me in prayer and if the worship team could be in position. I, I just want to thank the Lord. Heavenly Father, on this day, we recollect your goodness, your mercy, your love, the power of your love and operation. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. And we pray that you would just stir us now to remember that as we grab a hold of your hand, we're going to walk every day of 2021 with you. And at the points that we have the greatest needs, pour out your strength on our behalf. Make a show of your grace your strength and your mercy. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission. Tap us on the shoulder and help us not to get so busy that we aren't including you and remembering you every day of 2021. Thank you for your goodness. We pray this with great thanks in your holy name, Jesus. Amen.